Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday, you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I felt so guilty. I felt like a horrible mom, you know. And then when you go on social media and you see all those moms happily sharing about their home learning style. All fake one. Learn how to talk very fast, do all these things. I'm just like, all I'm a terrible one. mom. I'm not done that for my kids. All fake one. Okay, okay. So can last young Welcome back to another episode of Wise and Shine. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. And I'm Dawn, SG Bajupi. Today, we're covering a really interesting topic. Mm, together um, with a very interesting person. I'm <laughs> <laughs> glad you yeah. think so. <laughs> so, on set with us, we have. Hi, this is Louis Chua here. I'm the MP for Sengkang GRC. Hey, Louis, you're very not natural. Eh? <laughs> 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 Don't need to be like. Don't, like game show, like yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 game show is okay. But today's topic is, is I think, very catered to where you are representing, mm-hmm. you know, and at the same time, I think a lot of the people in our age bracket, la, you know, 30s, right, it's, it's all in this situation, right? So don't you want to introduce the topic since you are... Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah control yeah. to me, right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> so this is your topic. Wow. We're going to discuss uh, the topic of working mom slash dad guilt. How do you deal with pursuing your career or other pursuits, your interests, your passions, your hobbies, while still raising your kid and not beating yourself up for it? Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes very real in today's time-press, hectic society. Yeah. Um, to the extent where we see a lot of parents actually give up their careers entirely or take a break just so that they can spend time with their kids who are growing up too quickly. Mm-hmm. And, but and can, can for we, those who don't, hmm. that guilt really eats, hmm. yeah, yeah, eats yeah. them up inside. I, I know, I can feel it. Can feel it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a parent, but I recently, a lot of my friends are entering the parent stage and yeah. I'm talking to a lot of And abandoning you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was like, oh my God, you're so, so pressured, yeah. right? So, so, so how yes, to deal? Yes, yeah. How to deal with how the mom deal? and dad guilt, mm-hmm. right? But, but yeah. I think the basis is also the idea that in Singapore, right, it's very hard to find single uh, income family anymore right it's like it's like everybody has to work so there's no more like you know like tech team you know and, and if you if today you can have a single parent household hey, quite 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 like you know like a single income kind mm. of household you quite color that means the income quite solid right so 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 all that jazz um in today's episode right so do you mm. feel that guilt 
I think it happens uh, far more often than I hope it uh, mm. <laughs> hope for me. La, but yeah, Can in you short, describe yes. how does it feel for you? I guess it's um, you know something that like a lot of working parents will feel. I think not just MPs. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the, the added pressure for me also is that um, you know, on, on top of uh, you know, sometimes uh, you, you see that especially during weekends uh, where, where it's typically family time or, or at night where you know after a long day at work then you want to go home have your dinner spend some time with your kids uh, I mean for, for me myself uh, especially sometimes uh, you do have to go for your meet the people session during the weekday nights weekends sometimes you got to go for some uh, activities and some events and uh, basically it kind of eats away at um, family time which is already not a lot because uh, in the day I mean the the kids are in school, childcare and all that, right? So at least you can be focused on whatever you need to do. But the whatever pref- precious little hours uh, when they're awake, uh, you do want to try to spend as much time as you can with them. But uh, of course, you know, work is one thing. Uh, for, for myself, of course, there's the political uh, side of things, taking care of my my, my constituents, grassroots, that's another thing. And uh, I think for a lot of parents, uh, you know, you, you, are, you also need to take care of yourself, your, your own mental health and and just make sure that uh, you know you don't just uh, become a slave at work and at home, but you also look after yourself. Mm. So I think all of these things kind of added together, kind of um, add to a lot of pressure to the extent that I think sometimes when I, I do know of friends who uh, you know when they're watching a movie, they keep watching the CCTV. Uh, oh. just, uh, make sure, yeah, the kids okay. Really? Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Okay. You know, so, you know, oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Oh, you also <laughs> do that? Oh my god! Okay, okay. Yeah. Wait, but can can you give me like one personal anecdote, right? That made you actually feel like, oh, this is like me feeling guilty, like a personal anecdote. Because it's already a given you're busy, ma. Mm. Right? <laughs> so you got full time check, MP. Everything is. I. I quite. I think all the MPs work damn hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not not just MPs la, but any uh, Singap- working Singaporean will probably feel the same yeah, way. And yeah. I think the the oftentimes you know how how we like to take photos and videos of our kids, right? I'm sure your mm-hmm. phone has videos of our kids all the time. Then my wife will send will send me like a video of uh, my son because the the older one is uh, almost four now, so so he can he can talk a lot like very talkative. So then uh, when it's bedtime in his pajamas, then she'll send me a video of him. Oh, bye bye, I love you. Good night. And uh, oh. <laughs> I'm not there to you know put him to bed. Mm. Oh. I feel a lot of so recently my kid had an excursion. Mm. So the last time he had an excursion, I think maybe it was la- early last month or something. Uh, one of the mummies of his classmates actually went along. Mm. So he said, "Mummy, I'm going to go." So this time he had an excursion. He said, "Mummy, you must come." You know, she. I think uh, my friend's mummy coming also. Oh. So at first I thought it wouldn't happen lah because the teacher say no, no adults. The friend's mommy actually did turn up. Mm. Yeah. So, like, she uh, she brought the elder, the kid's elder brother to the excursion. And, oh, we bumped into you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we, you know, I know, we all know, yeah, right? Tiger so, mom. so, my kid, you know, la, I think, she, I, I think it's, it's a good opportunity. Actually, I, I wanted to do that also. I was actually thinking, <laughs> to like, hey, hey, wow, yeah. you're here. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, like, because... Titi never go before. Uh, so okay. it's a good opportunity to bring Titi and then we can meet out there and then, oh, hi. Right, accidentally, oh, hi. Yeah, so chill, you know. And then just if I was the teacher road. leading the excursion, I think my eye will roll until like, wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, so chill, wow. <laughs> so I wanted to do that and it it's... made it worse that he was asking me, right? Mm. But I mean, I couldn't because of work. Mm-hmm. And I felt very guilty. And then also like, I think like, like what you said, the time is so limited. 
So typically, as a working mom, I only have the evenings when he come back, as well as the weekend. But on the weekends are hectic because, you know, you have enrichment. My, my kid only go for one enrichment, that's it, uh, one only. Uh. But already hectic enough. Then uh, sometimes there's like, you know, friends or other kids' birthday parties that you have to go for and basically some social stuff here and there la, or an event. So something will happen. Sometimes it's inevitable, work pops up, cannot complete during the weekday because they were sick, they stayed home, so I couldn't get it done. I had to carry over on a weekend completely as well. So the time very limited. And I feel it a lot, especially when he's not on top of things. You know, like for example, his enrichment, every week got one uh, book, very thin booklet to complete as homework. Lah. Okay, so it's like just activities and have to do together. He's not capable because he's not at the age of being able to do it himself. And then when I'm busy or when I'm sick, um, it just doesn't get done. Mm. So I feel the guilt. Like a few days ago, I opened like three weeks worth never submit. <gasps> I felt so guilty. I felt like a horrible mom, you know. And then when you go on social media and you see all those moms happily sharing about their home learning style, all fake one. learn how to talk very fast, do all these things. I'm just like, I'm a terrible one. mom. I'm not done that for my kids. So it really adds to that guilt that you feel mm. inside, you know. All fake one. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so the mom entrepreneur, mom influencer. It's real. It's just one snippet only. Okay, okay, okay. Selective, selective. Right. Okay. Okay. But then, how do you then manage that guilt? So there's two paradigm, right? One is your you managing your own emotional guilt, right? How how do you how do you kind of like work through that guilt such that it does not um, affect you in other ways, right? That's a, that's one. And then the other one is of course, like how do you then manage your time such that you can actually spend more time with the kid, right? I think I think those two are very interesting questions to a lot of young parents. I think I'm trying. I don't have a perfect answer, honestly. It's okay, we're uh, not here for perfect answers. <laughs> no one's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I think... <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> no one's perfect. I say the sky is blue. <laughs> but I, I want to hear your personal anecdotes. I've adjusted. La. Mm. So in the past, like I guess uh, some of my older readers might remember, uh, Budget Babe started out as uh, an executive who teach a lot of tuition mm. at my highest point nine kids at one time all A level graduating mm. batch so very high stress right and I individual mark compo one you submit three compo I mark three so it's based on how my no limit right so um, what I did was like after and I, I kept that up all the way actually only my kid could talk mm. then he started being disruptive to the lessons so mm. I went from going to my kids houses a lot of travel time to they coming over because I used my my pregnancy, ma, I can't really travel, right? And dangerous. <laughs> I had a four on my first uh, pregnancy at 25 mm. weeks. So I almost oh lost dear. the kids. So very dangerous. Then my husband mm. said, cannot. You make them come to your house. So okay. So that shifted. So they came to my house, which was all good until my kids started to learn how to run and disturb. Then no good already because they come to my house but not conducive. So I felt bad. So I slowly cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down until uh, I think was it last year or one and a half years ago, I finally let go of my last, after my last graduating student finished the A-level, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to close uh, and stop doing all my GP tuition. So with that, I got back my weekends. But what I did not foresee, because back then he no enrichment. After that, add in enrichment, then became, and then the birthday party start coming. No one told me when you become a parent that there will be so many kids' birthday parties to choose for. Seriously. Don't go for all. Don't go for all. We don't go for all. But there's a lot. There's still a lot, you know. So yeah, so that that really piled up. So I, I really don't know. I think right now I just try to, if I can on weekday uh, evenings, I try to do as much as I can, try to squeeze and get a bit of his homework done. Um, we I put him to bed almost every night. So that's our bonding time. 
um, and I try to have quality conversations. And then on weekends, I try as much as possible to spend time with him. But if I really cannot because I have work or something else, then like what you asked the first question, right? How do I manage that? Yeah. I just yeah. try to just let it go. Mm. Yeah, but social media is a double-edged sword. Mm. Because on one end, you see posts that validate those feelings. Mm. You're entitled to still live your life. Your mental health as a mom is still <laughs> important. You must prioritize before you can take care of your kid. <laughs> on the other hand, you have other posts that tell you your kids are only young ones. Oh. They're growing up so fast. <laughs> you will miss this. So oh. it's a constant dilemma, you know? It's like what message I see really affects my mood and my guilt. Oh. Seriously, do you feel that? <laughs> or you don't even scroll social Media, yeah. I got no time for social media. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, to, to me, it's also like, uh, you know, if you, you, you sit, see on an airplane, there's a safety video, right? Then they always tell you, oh, in the case of emergency, then the thing will come out. Then you have to wear the mask first, then you can wear for your kid, right? Mm. So I think it's also the same thing. Like, you know, eventually, of course, uh, to be able to take care of your kids, you need to take care of yourself first. Mm. So you need to wear the mask first, then you can wear for him, uh? So same thing la. I mean you you of course you feel mum guilt, dad guilt, um, and of course you wish that you had more time in the world, but um, you know, everyone's given the same twenty-four hours and you make the most out of it and don't beat yourself because of that. La. Yes. I think yeah. the, the guilt comes from three sources. One is like ourselves. Mm. We want but we don't get to do all of it. Then the second one is what society or your peers are doing. We tend to compare, very natural, mm. right? So if everyone around you is a workaholic, then you won't feel that guilt one. Mm. Because everyone together is like a weekend parent. They all like high. Yeah, together, and it's right? a normal. Yeah. But it's when like everyone's a stay-home mom and you're the only weekend parent, then you feel that guilt because you're not mm. the majority, you're not the norm. You know, but at the third place that the guilt comes from is the kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel this only recently because mm-hmm. my kid learned how to talk at a bit late at 3 plus almost 4 and then he started saying mommy let's spend time with me wow, that's very advanced <laughs> that's our team our team but then sometimes I'm very picture because he was still saying that and I'm like what do you mean I didn't spend time with you didn't I just spend the last 3 hours with you <laughs> what is this 3 hours not Never mine enough. I know man. Yeah, so the guilt comes in that way law, mm. but I think the, the hard question to answer is how much is enough? And then is it really viable? I see my friends overseas uh, in the US because that's where I used to study. So I have a lot of friends there, right? And how they run their family is actually on a lot of them on single income. So the husband will go out to work and the mm. wife, the mom, is a stay-at-home mom raising the kids. Mm. Yeah, And we're on top of things on, yeah. you know, on the home learning, uh, the, the mm. office forever, very yeah. impeccable. Mm. The household, sometimes messy, sometimes not. But you know, on social media, you only yeah. see the clean part. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, they, they tend to... I think all social media fault. Like, yeah. 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 But in, in here, in Singapore, in Asia, we're so hectic. We don't really see do you feel like do you feel like it is a personal choice not to revert to a single income family here in Singapore or is it like a inevitable no choice that's mm. why you have to do double income I mean at the end of the day to 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 me I mean I had a recent conversation with somebody about this or so like be it the you know to think about like what house to buy and, and you know what kind of uh, life you want for your kids and all that I think there is always a choice but the the the, the question then is uh, what are the trade-offs to the choice that you make Make, right so mm. something which which uh, a, a report which i found very interesting from i think maybe two years ago it was published during covid but maybe they, they did 
the study before COVID. I, I never read the fine print. I think this was published in 2021. I think it was NTU and the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. They were basically saying that for a family of four, you need like $6,400 a month in order to be able to sustain a, a, oh, yeah. a basic, I, I can't remember what was the term. Like, yeah, 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 the to, basic to, household income. Yeah, to, to sustain a family of four, like, you know, two parents, two kids, 6,400. Yeah. And mathematically, if you think about it, I think the, the median um, wage uh, for, for somebody is like I think $5,000 plus oh, minus about, la, yeah, plus around there so mathematically if both of these things are true then cannot be single income mm. especially if you think about like median um, wage it would be probably when you are already working for a certain number of years uh, but naturally if you are you know fairly early on in your career you wouldn't earn as much as you would maybe when you are at the prime of a career la. so then I think that adds to the kind of pressures as to being able to provide for what um, a family needs it to a certain extent. Go and be AI prom. I thought that I did $400,000, right? Oh my goodness. It's very hard to be a prom engineer. Right? Wow. It's very hard to be a prom engineer. Right from the start. Okay, go Sachs. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Go, go Sachs. Go Sachs, right? you can hire me. La. Oh, <laughs> if you don't mind. La. Right, yeah. I'm a bit more entertaining than your analyst. Then you so can, can, so, yeah, yeah, can do the... Both things are true and yes, we come so then if someone decides to to kind of transit into like a single income type of situation right like what what would you what would you think you know is is are some sacrifices that they inherently have to make and that you are okay with it I mean, of course, if you're talking about the, the, the person who is, uh, you know, four, four, making 400 No, no, grand, we don't care yeah, about the Goldman one. Like, they, they, uh, you know, if it, they listen, very good, welcome. I, I don't right? know how many kids does Elon Musk has. Oh, yeah, uh, four, yeah. five, six. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course, if you're him, there's a separate, separate yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, again, it's a matter of uh, choice and trade-offs. Like, mm-hmm. what, what you want. And I think the other matter is that uh, if you just pause for a moment and think of single income. The first thing you think of, okay, father working, mother stay at home. Mm. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all for gender equality and all that. And um, so I, I don't think it is necessarily a bad thing for you to be single income, dual income, it is a choice for the families to make. It could be that uh, you know the the it could be a house husband and then mother goes out to to be the ones uh, working. I think all these things is up to the individual household to to decide for themselves. Uh. But the question then whether or not uh, we'll be able to kind of make the the trade off less difficult to the extent that look. Um, if, for example, I think COVID was a very good um, sort of experiment, time for experiment, whereby, you see, if you had the lockdown situation, both parents working at home, then you can be both working, but both also stay at home can, can play the family duties. Like for after your Zoom call, you go and change diapers. Ah. Then after you change diapers, you go and like, you know, do your report. Then after you go and cook dinner. Lor. So then there isn't necessarily that trade-off of, okay, single income, dual income. You can, in a way, sort of have your cake and eat it as long as it, people are flexible, workplaces are flexible enough with it. Long. So you also support the flexible work arrangement? Yeah, absolutely. I think if not for the, the whole COVID experience, I wouldn't have been able to see my, my two boys grow mm. up. Yeah, yeah oh, I agree. Yeah. I was almost the same, yeah. same age. We were really like a beneficiary yeah, of the lockdowns, yeah. right? Because well, we got to see them. I can't imagine how, how it was like in the past, especially, you know, like um, paternity leave was only like two weeks, right? And then mm. after that, oh, okay. 
But now <laughs> equalize already what, right? Now so, more lah. Uh, uh, wait, wait, I have a very important okay, question. Okay, okay, important question. No, not like your important question. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. His important question last not year episode is all name one. You know, like what's the story of your name? Why is it called important? Yeah, I'm trying a different style lah. I'm just like too serious, okay? Yes, yes. Okay. From like a national lens perspective. Elevated lah. Big question. Yes, big question. Yes, big one. Yes, it's very important. Don't just ask personal. Yes, let's go. If more parents be it they home mothers or fathers okay if more people start to adopt this one parent come and uh quit stop work temporarily take care of the kid during the formative years at maybe on you like you know lower primary or what how do you think that will impact the singapore economic ecosystem the culture what kind of repercussions might there be hmm, i think the, the and are you in favor of it I think the, the more important thing to me is regardless of what it is, you need to have flexibility in the system. So I think whether it's uh, you know work from home or whether it's um, allowing people to take uh, some time off from work, you know, you know, take a sabbatical or even a long-term leave of absence from work to look after your kids, uh, whether it's when, uh, because let's say maternity now is four months, right? Let's say you want to look after the kid until uh, it's one year old, you need to be able to have that flexibility of doing it while not... Uh, um, compromising on like say, your own career progression uh. we extend so, uh, we see like the people want to take care for the kids all the way through toddler years hmm. then what would be the repercussion so if, if if I think about it, if you have uh, a person who is like super distracted all the time, you know, maybe like not very productive, half yeah, the time you're thinking about, yeah, oh yourself. shit, what's my child doing? <laughs> and then actually you sneak off to the pantry to go and look at the CCTV. <laughs> <laughs> then versus you have somebody who's like well, completely focused at work and uh, you know, uh, I, I get things done uh, within the same period of time. Then, you know, the, the productivity increases can arguably even offset some of these uh, time away to look after your family, right? But do you think it'll be good for Singapore? Because there's this, there's this argument, there's this push and pull factor, right? On one hand, we want to promote the family, hmm. increase birth rates, hmm. um, strengthen family ties, yes. connection, rooted to country, you know, nationalism and all that stuff that comes and starts from the family. Hmm. But on the other hand, you're also talking about things like productivity, uh, you know, like hmm. earning more wages, contributing hmm. to society. Hmm. These two things don't always exist together in tandem for yeah. everyone fair mm. point so if we had to if it started to move more towards the family in this sense whereby let's say the dual income model start to shift back to the single income do you think it's good for Singapore in the long run or, or maybe not permanently shift back but a temporary shift let's say we could overcome the problem of getting the stay home parents back into the workforce hmm. in an easier way so they can reintegrate faster than what the current situation is do hmm. you think it's actually beneficial for Singapore to have like half of the parent population go off, raise the kids, hmm. you know, get help them through all these formative years, then come back. Yeah, in fact, I wouldn't even say it's a, a temporary thing, even if it's a permanent thing. If you look at what is our biggest issue that we're facing in Singapore today, I mean, you, you, what are we pursuing economic growth for? You know, that 3 4 5% GDP growth, at, at what cost, right? And if you look at the biggest issue that, um, you know, we have not been able to address, and to be fair, quite a few countries have also not been able to address, is your total fertility rate issue. Yeah, I think it's exactly. like an all-time low now. So it's uh, not climate change, ah. Uh, well, we have low reproduction levels already. Okay, well, this is existential in a different way. Existential, existential. I know climate change <laughs> is too, but uh, this is you know talking about being able to replace your your yeah, fellow Singaporeans, right? Yeah, we are something already. 
not even two point yeah, something. It's true, it's true. I agree, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't actually take, um, you know, take active steps to kind of change our, our kind of mindsets, whether it's like a worker's mindset or an employer's mindset, then you can't expect people to suddenly, hey, I want to have more kids. Mm. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What can be done to help reduce the skew aside from flexible workforces are there any policies no actually yeah the policy is one yeah. it's definitely what, what policies yeah, yeah. can be instituted do you have a do you have a policy they are championing to try to solve this thing this complex work kind of like TFR make the parents feel less guilty do you yeah. have something so I, I think it's, it's really flexibility I think that's the most important so you believe um, that workplace flexibility will kind of allow for the person to kind of manage mm. through these things but can that be institutionalized though yeah I think that is where regulation and government policy have to come into play because mm. as it is right now I don't know about you guys but uh, you know during COVID we all had that uh, you know 50% must work from home 75% must work from home and all of a sudden when all these things are removed so for the last few years you know, you know work still gets done maybe not so uh, you, know, you have to figure out how to remotely log in and all that kind of thing lah. but uh, you know you have a situation whereby you can even have 25% of people in the office everyone else from home and then now if you look at Raffles Place Shenton Way or you know that Marina Bay like eh so crowded yeah, then you ask your friends hey so are you working from home oh no four, five days in office four days in office but the last day uh, we've got meetings so I need to go to, go, go to work anyway and all of a sudden a lot of all these changes are very quickly unwinding and I, I find that to be very concerning because whatever gains that we had in terms of flexible work giving people the space to look after their family and, and pursue their, their, their career at the same time suddenly it's, it's all disappearing very quickly mm. so so that is quite quite worrying la. I have two things on policy I wanted to say like do you the first one is do you think it's even possible for the government to potentially institutionalize something like okay if you're a Singapore employer you must give your employee the right to one to two days minimum flexible work arrangement mm. if the job scope allows for it do you think something Are like that push? can actually be implemented? Because actually, I think mm. your colleagues on the other side of the aisle are also pushing for mm. flexible work hours, right? But it's not a policy now. Yeah, yeah I mean, both sides. So it's being mm. it's all, it's all a corporate policy. Yeah, so it's an ever-advisory yeah. situation. <laughs> Hopefully, y'all can do it. Government yeah. say, yeah, yeah. then everyone listen. Do you think okay. there's an intervention that we can push for? I think it's, it's definitely been done in other countries. And uh, I, I do recognize that there are some jobs where the, the ability to work from home is a bit less. Like. Yes, yes. So so the most important thing is to you know mandate or legislate the need uh, to to put in place workplace flexibility. I think flexibility is the key word la. Not necessarily work from home because you cannot force force the the, the bank teller to, to work from home. Some people also need to be in office to feel more productive. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think to each his own. And uh, I think 
even back when I was in uni, I think I was quite lucky to be able to go on one of these uh, study study missions la, or some SMU. So they got a lot of all these things. So I, I did uh, one of such study missions to Scandinavia. And that was, when was that? La? 20, I graduated. Yeah, so around, around 2010 at that time, even before all of these uh, things got so-called fashionable, right? That work from home was even <laughs> a thing. Uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, when, when we went there, we spoke to some of these companies and said, oh, people come to, uh, come to work at like, uh, 10 a.m. and then they leave at 4 p.m. Huh? Mm. Can uh? <laughs> So and that's yeah, really because in Europe it's quite okay. Yeah, and that's because they 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 have to you know send their kids to school and pick them up from school. But the caveat is that after dinner they get back to work lah. Mm. so then you know but they they, they clarify that oh, you don't just work from 10 to 4 la. you know after dinner time you know you, you, are, you, you still continue to do what you need to do just that there's that flexibility to, to mm. kind of uh, balance competing demands of your time at the same yeah, time yeah. at TFC also can yeah, the whole team is remote. Five, oh. six of us. Everybody's just remote. Yeah, you promote every episode. So yes, yes, of course. Because, yeah. no, because Star employer. Thank you, thank you. Must give me a while. Huh? Okay, yeah. but no, but five no, no, yeah, say, 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 five stars. You know, but no, but I feel like exactly like what, what Louis was saying, right? Like immediately after we built a infrastructure for two years plus, right? For remote working and to optimize the remote working experience for for a lot of Singaporeans, right? Immediately. Collapse. Everything yeah. come back. And then, <laughs> yeah, boliao. The whole thing suddenly collapsed and then it's as if uh, the whole thing didn't happen. Then we don't it's learn. It's just a dream. Yeah, it's just a dream. As if nothing happened and all the all the talk about productivity suddenly come back in and, and it's, it gets... Yeah, the narrative gets, keeps shifting, yeah, and then, right? And then, and then it gets hijacked with like coming back to the office means more productive. Which fundamentally from a personal experiential point of view it's not the case which right? is why government should push for yeah, yeah 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 okay but the second one I want to touch on so I must push this mm-hmm. I read it to Lawrence Wong also mm. no answer okay. so you it's, must have answer it's the, <laughs> she, I think you can relate more you no thing. you know why because you don't have young kids like us mm. so we probably feel the pain more because young kids no immunity right mm. go childcare Huh, oh, all the virus yeah, yeah. heat. And I said this, six days childcare leave really not enough. Mm. Because you want kid, uh, six days is already six days childcare closure. Right? Just and then when they closure. sit now, the childcare is already closed six days of the year. Mm. So it technically let's assume you have multiple kids, okay? And you put them in the same childcare so you can maximize, make sure it's the same six days. But you uh, haven't even count the fact that your kid falls sick. Mm. Now MC is not one or two days. The doctor straight away give four, five days. Mm. It's very difficult where to get the extra leave from. It comes from the unpaid leave or mm. annual leave. Mm. Right? Some people just don't have that many. And honestly, right, let's say if I look at the average scenario, the average person has anywhere between 12 to 18 days of leave. Correct? If you're not super senior, serve long term, so you got loyalty or all that, don't have. Like, okay, the <laughs> no average person, yes. 12 to 18. Then you plus on top of that six days. But hmm. in reality, your child toddler go to childcare. How many of parents? How many parents agree your kid is sick more than twenty days a year? Right. Hmm. right especially when they first enter childcare or infant right. care and all that years, first exposure right. to all the viruses yeah, you know my, my sharing, sharing. Uh, just entered this year right so he's turning to one plus we enroll him uh, after the 18 months we enroll him hmm. it got to a point whereby there was this one month he almost never go then the teacher called me and said hey um you need to send him to school because the <laughs> month is almost ending if he don't even clock the one day then the ECDA subsidy no more oh. like Oh, has he missed that many days of school? He's sick so long. Ah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I'll put back. I said, what if he still got leaky nose? Ah? Yeah, Don't yeah, care. Yeah. Just put 
back. Okay, uh, you're, you're a very responsible parent. <laughs> That's the other issue, right? Some, sometimes, like, uh, because of work demands and all that, all these parents just send their kids to, to childcare yeah. anyway. Then in the end, everybody falls sick, they all backfire. Right. Especially if I guess, like, they're in certain roles, like healthcare or where mm. they cannot take the time off mm. and they don't have a helper, no grandparents, extra support. No choice, you have to put the kid there. So it keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. Yeah. So are you going to champion days, more? More, more yeah why we cannot have more <laughs> childcare leave during the toddler years I, I, is that, is that, is that going to be on your platform rest. actually I, I've raised that before as with I think some of my other colleagues and to be fair like um, some of the folks over on the uh, the, the ruling party side as well so it, it's you know whether you have one kid or whether you're super productive you have four or five kids productive this um, one also considered productive right? yeah. national productivity so index uh, must got one include childbirth also six kids. days yeah, yeah. take more kids you have contribute to Singapore population you get more leave yeah, you want to encourage more people to give birth right yeah. Yeah. so if you have one kid or six kids you still get six days that the math don't work out yeah, I cannot. not enough one mm. okay yeah, good. but do you think do you think it might work if let's say the policies was tweaked to maybe number one more kids more leave then uh, on another way is during the formative low immunity years give more then later on take back <laughs> I think as it is, the, the childcare leave is only until you are like seven years old or something like that. Like I can't remember what the age is. So the, the more important thing is that uh, I think it should be on a per child basis because you know it, it doesn't really make any sense that if you have one kid is six days, five kids also six days. Yeah. Um so so I think that's something important to take note of. And the other more important thing, which is our earlier point uh, about flexibility. I mean, mm. if that is in place, then actually I would rather that if you have the flexible point then have this per child thing because ultimately mm. if you have a super rigid employer that oh you're late for, for by five minutes okay you're gonna take a deduct your annual leave that's mm. not gonna work out also and if you have five kids then I employ you each kid got six days well loud that is like <laughs> what one month gone only come to Kang right like I mean those are real realities also, I mean, right? another in, in way which is you know the kids MC mm. should be accepted mm. as your MC also <laughs> that's I don't an interesting know about others, idea. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, for me, for example, I I have a set number. I think my max is thirty days MC. But of course, nobody takes that much. Most of us as adults, we don't end up taking that much, mm. Because the flu, we we recover faster. We yeah, are a, bit in a few stronger. days we're sorted. Yeah, a few <laughs> days done really. So I think on average, uh, my yearly MCs, I hardly even touch ten days. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. So quite if let's say. I, could, I was in a position where if the government could help and make it such that your kids fall sick, the MC can also be claimed for MC. Mm. I think there would be less stress on the parents also. Mm. Maybe you, yeah, you don't give 30 days, like five mm. kids, then one whole, one whole yeah, month gone. Yeah, kampong say <laughs> like that. Right? Just give birth. Then right? if it's a Gomez sack and then yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, the wow. pay very high, very high cost, cannot, yeah, cannot. Yeah, so, yeah. But if we do MC, <laughs> legit reason, your kid fall sick, I think that mm. could remove at least the immediate pain. Yeah. And then mm. it gets lesser because when you go primary school, they don't fall sick as much as they do during the childcare years. Yeah. Mm. So there's a natural taper off of this Yeah, thing, natural right? mm. taper off. Then if you, you don't even have to tag it to a number of childcare leave. It's mm. now based on how often your kid falls sick. Mm. Mm. You first heard it here uh, from Budget Big <laughs> yeah. on the financial program. Interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah raise it in parliament, yeah. please. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, and, and I, I got a personal question, right? Like like uh, your colleagues from the other side of the aisle keep saying you'll never like raise policy, you know, like you know, never give, uh, what do you call that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what no did idea. they say? Uh? I never give good ideas or, or something, right? These like, are good ideas, right? Yeah, yeah. Good, no. good, like so so what, what what do you have to, to say? Like, like for especially for a lot of, uh, Singaporeans, right? That that are very very busy, very mm. intense with work and family, right? Uh, honestly, it's only a small handful of people that 
300 people, 500 people that can watch live mm. parliament yeah. discussion. Half of them probably journalists doing their job. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so, and, and yeah, so, so what do you have to tell Singaporeans? Like, what is so special about you guys? Why should mm. we support you all? You know, mm. yeah. For starters, we definitely have contributed a lot of ideas. Mm. Um, I think this is, uh, if anyone's interested, they're all online. Uh, these days, very easy to find. And I think that the more recent uh, so-called uh, thing example of that would be basically if you look at the what we have put out in the the last manifesto in, in 2020 right i mean the minimum wage was something which i think the the workers party have have been pushing for a long time minimum wage of $1300 and then up until you know the very early part of this term of parliament 2020 2021 that period uh, whenever we bring up the idea of minimum wage uh, you know it will get shot down oh it's a bad idea terrible will cause people to lose their jobs and then next thing you know uh, you know there's this thing called the LQS the local qualifying salary uh, which is you know in all forms uh, or is essentially a, a, something like a minimum wage for Singaporeans. Uh. So, you know, if it's such a bad idea, then uh, I, I don't think it would have been taken up by the government. So I think that's something which, uh, I mean, I, I'm thankful that uh, it's something which was implemented. So there are, of course, various ideas that have been put forth uh, by myself and my fellow colleagues, um, you know, lowering the BTO age from 35 to 28. That's another one which I talked about um, recently. So uh, it is, with uh, you know very earnest hope that uh, I think good policies can come from from everybody, even as she budget babe. So <laughs> hopefully it's uh, you so know, you must hold public forum for us. Yeah. Is it? Okay, okay. So I think it's really about what works best uh, for 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 Singaporeans lah. Mm, okay, okay. So then in the realm of like parents and you know working parents are working very hard, very intense, right? Mm. You know, um, what is a policy that you're championing? the flexible one or yeah. I think that that's really the, so that's the, the main thing like that's, the that's the, I think that really enables us to kind of work around a lot of things uh, so I also recognize that you know everybody's circumstances are different and every company is different you know, of course if you are you, you are working in in, uh, in a security line versus somebody cannot, who, cannot, cannot remote work <laughs> yeah I mean if, <laughs> can watch CCTV la. I mean yeah. there's uh, something hey. like yeah, Don't yeah. say never. Uh, Maybe next time, like Robocop, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you walk at home. You walk in, right? Then your speaker. Thing. Hello? Why you walk in? <laughs> uh, what are you doing here? Then the barricade come out. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yes, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. it's true. Actually, a lot of things can, can automate. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so even now, now, now it's school holidays, right? A lot of people want to go JB shopping. So last time it's manual <laughs> counter. Now, next time they want to have more automatic counter. So also can automate. Yeah. But of course, uh, putting that all that aside, as long as there is that acceptance of flexibility and that there is um, this culture. I think that's the most important thing to change. Before we end off on this topic, I just want to ask you in your position. So we all know the Lee Kuan Yew policy, which is stopped at two. So inevitably, two became like the magic number for most families. You're already at two now. Hmm. What do you think is a new... I mean, bearing in mind the work, working parent guild and everything that's going on, productivity and all of that, financial considerations also. What do you think is a new magic or comfortable number? For Singaporean household, the average Singaporean household. Don't blame me. <laughs> I mean, a lot of assumptions in this question now, but mm. yeah, what is the new, maybe magic number? Yeah, I mean, to begin with, I mean, how many people are even married? And of those who are even married, how many people even have kids at all? Mm. And of those who have kids, how many have one, two, three or more? La? So I, I think that there's a lot of things that we need to address. So firstly, so we should ban dogs. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have a dog too, <laughs> by the way. Okay. 
so I mean, in the first place, of course, is to you know help people get hitched, mm. and then uh, you know help people want to believe in marriage and, and want to you know settle down and get married. And um, I mean, that, that is one of the big hurdles to to cross, right? And once you get there, how to actually uh, encourage people to have more children? So I think these are the bigger obstacles, lah, rather than deciding one, two, three, or four kids. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's also very subjective, lah. Every household different, right? Yeah. I know mm. some of my friends and cousins have three then uh some there's there's a PBMP with five kids right i mean cool yeah. right they're contributing I, don't, I, cannot to... ima- I cannot imagine five no, no i got like, friends oh, that are wow. seven so it's like seven yeah wow. yeah of course house oh, is wow. big uh, very empty uh. rather than put chairs i uh, have kids uh. <laughs> <laughs> you realize actually the norm now like mm. you know last time mm. have more better then it became like a handful but now i see myself my peers people in the 30s 40s right it seems like the norm has gone to just one or two yeah, mm. if they even have kids in the first place, they will have like two golden retriever or something, <laughs> right? And, yeah, and that and is their baby. Three used to be three or four used to be fairly common. Now mm. it's super rare. That's why TFR. Mm. Like, not super. That's why TFR, TFR one. No. TFR is one. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Already got one. Yeah, that's why the number keeps dropping. Right, it's more comfortable. I don't know if we'll ever get out of. Yeah, you know, yeah, can we push yeah, more? Yeah, yeah. This one is a complex question. Mm. Okay, but, but I have one last one last one. Okay. Maybe so, last yeah, one. because the whole idea is like this building on this whole idea of guilt, right? Underneath it, right, it means that somehow deep inside you, you feel like you're not a good parent. Yeah. That's where the guilt comes from. Right. So I want to hear your views of like mm. what is a good parent and how do you, you know, how do you try? And how will you advise people to try to be that good parent in, in their view? No, oh, complex eh, your question. Of course lah. It's like one nice of the best <laughs> shows around. I have a nice answer to yes. it. Go and watch the Netflix show um, called The Good Bad Mother. It really changed my perspective because first you see it from the child's perspective. This mom is like a tiger mom, you know, so mm. fierce. Don't even let the kid eat, finish everything because you too full, you feel sleepy, you <laughs> cannot study. So all the things she did was define like, and he wrote, I have a bad mom. Why cannot go excursion, school picnic? Because I have mm. a bad mom. He literally wrote that. That's, that. that's what the drama is about. But then later on as an adult, then you see his perspective, he start to realize she had no choice but to be that because she needed to push him and mm. it was the circumstances that made her like that and then he feels uh but in the end right i won't spoil the show <laughs> but in the end um it was really her this fierce rigid strict parenting tactics bad mom like throwing your kid in the water you know almost drowned kind that made him be able to get up and recover and get back up on his feet mm. so it really changed how i view good and bad mm. and it you know we always talk about how especially on this show that there's no black and white it's always mm. very gray i think that show really shows what is a good parent mm. good is so subjective mm. yeah so for me i don't have an answer i try i think but in my own standards i feel good is measured by what my kid thinks of me so I saw uh, one of my friends recently did this where she sat her kid down in front of the camera. So it was an Instagram real thing. And she was asking, what w- would you like mommy to do to become a better mommy? Yeah. And I thought it was a very nice conversation to have. Maybe I won't record lah. Just in case my, <laughs> my kid says something. No, you can record. Just don't go live, <laughs> right? Just don't live. Yeah, 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 right? But like, so I think media. having that conversation with the kid and then trying to see if what they want can, is something that I can meet. Mm-hmm. because I realize kids tend to perceive their parents and we have the kids as much as we have expectations of ourselves and of our kids they also have expectations of us of course mm-hmm. but in the older era in the 
typical Asian culture, we don't have that level of conversation. My parents have never once asked me yeah. what they want me to have them as my parent do. Yeah. If only, they only... had asked, I would have said like, if you can support me more on this, don't scold me. And when I come home with an A, don't <laughs> ask me why I'm not the first in class. Can you just celebrate my A? But I cannot say it's so all hidden inside. Mm. Right? Then just, be, 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 be. only one day you just stop talking. Yeah. Mm. So I hope that uh, in defining what is a good parent, I let my kid be able to tell me. Now he's still young, so very hard. <laughs> but I want to balance that. Lah. So I want, I have some ideals where I think I want to raise my kid and be able to take off like these values that I can impart to him. You know, it'll be the smartest or whatever, but certain values, I hope I can achieve this. But then at the same time, if this is not what he wants or what his character or what he thinks he needs, how can we strike a balance? I think that would be the best measure of what a good parent is. Mm, nice, nice. Yeah. What about you? For How you, do you measure? I think in the end, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking that actually, if you even have this mom, dad, uh, mom or dad guilt, uh, it, it just means that deep down, you actually do care and that uh, if you are the bochap parent, then wow, it's a lot already. You know? No <laughs> guilt. Yeah, no guilt, <laughs> guiltless. Uh, you know? So, I mean, th- that you're feeling this is actually a, a good thing that you actually do care. But the, the challenge to me is that um, really recognizing that your kid, your family, everyone's circumstances is different. So you shouldn't compare uh, with another person. La. Especially, you know, these days, I know, uh, you know, social media is where we spend a lot of our time. And I think that to a certain extent also creates a lot of very artificial artificial expectations that you set on yourself and your kids. Uh, as much as you want to be the best uh, parent as you can ever be, or as much as you want your, your kid to be the, the best person that, that he, he or she can grow up to be you know that we always say that uh, you want to wang zi chen long wang yu chen feng right so, oh, you're, so and, cheesy. you're Mandarin yeah. educated huh? yeah. <laughs> Yeah. schoolboy. <laughs> okay, okay, later, later. later yes, yeah, yes. but, uh, you know, it's kind of um, having that, uh, not say un- unrealistic, but uh, to, to be able to know that uh, at the end of the day, you know, it is just that mutual uh, relationship that you have with your kid, um, you know, that that's going to, to, to be the most important rather than what other people think or what other people have. La. So I think you just, just need to be true to yourself. Mm, you heard it you heard it from MP Louis Chua right so thank you thank you for your time you know our busy thank schedule coming down me. the record with us so yeah I hope all of you will feel a little bit better you know uh, it's, it's normal to feel guilty lah, right mm-hmm. it's a good signal that you actually care about something and uh, mm-hmm. maybe you can do something about it mm-hmm. right even and, MP feels the guilt so yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. normal it's a normal <laughs> one, yeah, don't beat yourself <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. so yeah thank you thank you all we'll see you in the next episode thank you thank you deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 